2: The Meadows at Mystic Lake has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tee time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit
0: GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community. Get in the know non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and Scorenorth.com. <laughs> purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing
1: Company.
2: And welcome in with that to Purple After Dark. This is the second edition that we are doing. Zolgad, Declan Goff, executive producer, and Realistic Randy, as Phil told you last week, an OG caller to the um, Purple um, after uh, postgame show, Vikings postgame show. And we have now expanded his presence to Tuesday night's Late Night Purple After Dark, uh, as always, sponsored Purple After Dark, Purple Daily by Surly Brewing, and uh, brought to you also by our friends at TCL. TV, enjoy more with the TCL television. And Randy, I want to get your reaction to what the hell we saw on Sunday. But before I do that, I want to uh, um, lessen the blow by cracking open a surly furious for myself so I can sit back and listen to you and remain calm, cool, and collected as we talk about week one for the Vikings in Cincinnati. The floor is yours, and I have a feeling if this was the old days with a phone call, we would get a patented rant, so I'm looking forward to the same right here.
0: My reaction to Sunday is I am sick and tired of this head coach having the Minnesota Vikings unprepared in big games, and I like to think that Sunday was just a blip on the radar, Judd, but this has been the legacy of Mike Zimmer. We're talking about week one here, the season opener. For every team in the league, this is a big game. 12 penalties, accepted anyway. Four on your opening drive. Seems like your players are a bit undisciplined. Who does that fall on? The head coach. The offensive line. Judd, we talked about this last week. Ezra Cleveland. Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff, you willfully converted Ezra Cleveland from a tackle to a guard. What do you know? It's a disaster. Garrett Bradbury. All right. Listen, we are in the Pat Elf line territory with Garrett Bradbury, Garrett Bradbury right now. There is no, okay, let's give it a couple of games, a couple of weeks to figure it out. We are there right now. And knowing that, knowing how bad that Garrett Bradbury plays. And I, I actually would like to pair this with what Zimmer said, not that long ago. I want to be aggressive on offense. Why you would do this baseline, I have no idea, but especially with a player, a center, like Garrett Bradbury. Why are we still operating an offense where our quarterback is taking seven-step drops? So just to be clear with this center, as soon as Kirk Cousins takes the snap and he's moving back, the defensive line is moving right there with him. And we expect him to stop, reset, and get a pass off. I'm I'm not giving Kirk Cousins a pass. There were still throws behind his receivers That were just unacceptable, and he was locked in on checking down on third and manageable downs. I don't think he was the reason that they lost, but okay. And then on defense. Okay. Last year, Mike Zimmer, this is the worst defense I've ever had. All right, fine. Totally revamped defense. You have all the tools at your disposal, right? 149 rushing yards allowed. Are we serious? 127 by Joe Mixon alone. Who does that fall on? Why were we not able to adjust to that? That's on the head coach, a defensive-minded head coach, mind you. Bashad Breeland. Oh, my God. You got chewed up by a rookie. That's on your defense. And by the way, Bashad Breeland paired with Cam Dantzler at the bottom of the depth chart. Can we please stop with this whole cornerback whisperer talk? It's over. It's not real. It never was. I would like to think that this is just, hey, you know what, any given Sunday, this always happens. When is this head coach going to be held accountable? I really want to know that because, and I've seen the articles, well, you know what, Mike Zimmer, he may be coaching for his job this year. Is he on the hot seat? But I'll believe it when I see it because based on the actions of what the Wolf brothers have shown me, that all it takes to keep your job and to stay here is don't be the Detroit Lions. Well, congratulations. You've done exactly that. I'm just so sick. It doesn't matter what quarterback we have. It doesn't matter what talent that we have. And even going to the talent that we did have with Stefan Diggs, a top 10 receiver at the time, you chased them out of town because I want to run the football. I don't give a damn of who you are as a receiver. I want to run the football. But at the same time, your first draft pick, a linebacker who's been the equivalent of you as a head coach, but as a player who gets a whole lot of hype for doing a whole lot of nothing, he has no problem sticking his neck out for him. Any chance that he gets, I, I'm just so sick of this, the excuses. It's never his fault. And one last thing that I'm going to mention here, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, the same Doug Peterson that beat Mike Zimmer in the NFC Championship game in 2017, 38-7, to by the way, the same Doug Peterson that went on to win the championship that year in the stadium that Mike Zimmer's team plays in, that next year, 2018, went back to the playoffs. Doug Peterson and the Eagles with a backup quarterback again beat the Chicago Bears on the road at Soldier Field in the wild card round. The next game, divisional round, damn near beat the Saints at the Superdome 2019. You made the playoffs again as the Eagles. So I want to make sure, and that's before he got fired after the 2020 season. So just to make sure we're on the same page here. Doug Peterson has a championship. Mike Zimmer does not. Doug Peterson made the playoffs three consecutive years. After seven years, we're still waiting for Mike Zimmer to make the playoffs in consecutive years one time. And still somehow, some way, Mike Zimmer has more job security than that. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. The standards for the Minnesota Vikings organization is so low. After Marvin Lewis, Mike Zimmer is the biggest fraud of a head coach I've ever seen. So, what we saw on Sunday, as long as he's the head coach, we are going to consent, continue to see games like that in big games. So, I'm not surprised.
2: All right. I love it. And let's start w- with your first point, too. Because my biggest problem was. Everything I saw in training camp practices and exhibition games that looked off was off still, and I guess my question is this: like I went to the practices they i I can uh attest to the fact they practiced. but how do you look to your first point, Randy? How do you look that unprepared? How do you go into that game? How do you have a, I don't care if it's c j. Ham or dalvin cook or or Chuck Foreman. How does a guy false start before the first snap before the ball is touched? You have a false start. That first drive was um embarrassing, despicable. Uh so starting there, yes, I, that has to come back to coaching too. Like you can't just be like, well, it's the players, it's all the players. Yes, they they shoulder responsibility. I understand that. I'm not giving anybody passes. And by the way too, the thing I've been preaching since that game came to its, thank God, conclusion, is this, too. Nobody gets a pass here. Like, like uh, there's some people that want to defend Cousins. And then to your point, there's some people saying, hey, Mike, what's Mike supposed to do? Not false start? He's not playing. Why, you know, there, this is a game where when you look at the fact that they lost to the Bengals, a team that they should beat, and almost did beat despite playing what was really a despicable football game, I don't understand why anybody short of like Greg Joseph deserves some type of hall pass for this. And let's put all the blame here or there. This Vikings team, which I still maintain, I have expectations for because if they don't reach those expectations, people will be fired. Um, In my opinion, everybody takes the blame. And to start off that horse bleep and that unprepared and that embarrassing to me is a major red flag, a major one. So I'm I'm with you on Mike, but I'll extrapolate it out to say I feel that way about a lot of things here because this is not a young team. This is not a team where where I think we all on the show can say, well, yeah, but they learned a lot. I don't care if they learned a lot. Patrick Peterson is, is a veteran. Bashad Breland, a veteran. Kirk Cousins, a veteran. So the red flag to me was I thought, okay, Training camp and the exhibition games didn't go great, right? Okay. They don't technically count. But opening day, it's going to look different. It didn't look different. It looked the exact same. It was a continuation, and that's a major problem to me.
0: In fact, the continuation, specifically with Bashar Breeland, got destroyed by Tyreek Hill that preseason game against the Chiefs. We saw damn near the exact same thing against Jamar Chase, a rookie. That whole time, and it looked like it was a zone defense to me on that touchdown play, but based on how the play worked out, if you know you're supposed to be the deep man, you're looking at the quarterback the whole time. You can feel your receiver, your man running by you. Why are you still looking at the quarterback? This this, this is, yes, blame is can go anywhere. We can spread it out to so many different places, but... I mean, my God, how many times am I going to hear this head coach say, we got to look at the film, we'll figure it out. You've been trying to figure it out for seven going on eight years now. This has gotten so old, and the amount of passes and the excuses that this guy gets is just, I I am flabbergasted by this whole thing. Whose fault is it going to be this time? Like, okay, you the next three games, we have Arizona, a mobile quarterback, a mobile quarterback has been the the downfall for this defense, regardless of year. Kyler Murray against Arizona. Then follow that up with Russell Wilson, another mobile quarterback. And then Baker Mayfield. All right. What is happening right now? You guys, I think that – I don't know if that was all three of you guys. You, Judd, Declan, and Phil Mackey that had them going 4-2 and two before the bye. But – i'm I'm assuming that Cincinnati was one of those four wins that you guys had right yes I, so I now so.
1: Yeah, yeah, all this did.
0: is that is that still going to happen it, it, <laughs> this is tough this is tough. to start out like that that's pathetic, and it doesn't get any easier for this team
2: Dex go ahead
1: i think to Randy's first part of his of his epic sermon there uh when he said and and this and we've dabbled in this before but who is the last cornerback Zimmer has developed that's turned into something and that is still here you can say it's Xavier Rhodes and that was fine for a portion of a period of time he turned into an all-pro cornerback and was great hit a bit of a wall at his end of his tenure with the Vikings had a nice pop-up back season with the Colts and still you know could be obviously a serviceable cornerback but the resources of Mike Hughes Jeff Gladney Cam he made city. Yeah, having to bring back Trey Waynes, having to bring in Patrick Peterson, having to bring in Bashad Breeland. I know last year was wacky and weird with COVID, but you know what? Everyone had a wacky and weird year with COVID. And I think Randy brings up an excellent point that if if cornerbacks, and, and that's what he was always known for, especially of this defense. It wasn't just him being a defensive guru, which he is, but cornerbacks especially. Jim's going to fix the cornerbacks, and he had that first great wave. He did. Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes. Those were good cornerbacks for, for a good amount of time. Mackenzie Alexander, even to that matter, as well. Sure. But the last three years, who is one cornerback that's currently on this roster that has been developed by Mike Zimmer? It, it doesn't exist. It really doesn't exist. And their
2: patience, and, and this is Mike, his patience runs out now so quickly. Case in point, Mike Hughes, right? Now, now they basically, Z, Zimmer came out and acknowledged now, that they gave up on Hughes because of the neck problem. Um, okay, but then, as as Randy just said, he got a huge pick on Sunday playing for Kansas City. Uh, the other one that I think that is just the poster child point now for what, what both of you guys are saying is Cam Dantzler. He's a third-round pick in his second year, and he's regressed, okay? A lot of guys regress in their second year. But do you put them last on the depth chart? Do you not have them active for week one? And furthermore, when Breland left the game on Sunday, Randy, Chris Boyd came in. And you saw that. Joe Burrow started salivating. He was throwing towards Chris, and he should have been throwing towards Chris Boyd's side immediately. Chris Boyd is a, I believe, seventh-round pick from 2019 who is a special teams guy and a very end-of-the-bench depth guy. He's Marcus Sherrill's. So, so like, that's – and for Cam Dantzler to just be like, well, we might trade him now or we're going to bench him, which they essentially have done, that's the patience thing where the quarterback whisperer thing is gone, and now it's like, well, he didn't do what we thought. So does that mean in year two a third-round pick just gets shoved to the side? That's ridiculous.
0: Well, I will say this is more of an indictment on Dantzler and Zimmer because on Zimmer, the cornerback whisperer thing. But to be fair, Cam Dantzler this preseason was Mm god-awful. Chris Boyd was making way more plays than Cam Dantzler. So I can't believe I'm defending Mike Zimmer. But what else are you supposed to do? You you, You can't just say, okay, well, and I said this. I did a live stream on Sunday during the game. On play-by-play and everything like that. The way that Cam Dansler looked this offseason, if it wasn't for his third-round status, the way he looked, he wouldn't have made the team. He really wouldn't. So because he's at the bottom, I understand why. Because he didn't make plays. But at the same time, you're supposed to be a cornerback whisperer. Right. This is your guy. This is right. the guy that had a strong second half of the 2020 season. And instead, in some ways, Based on the preseason, he looked worse than the first half of the twenty twenty season when Harrison Smith was saying, "Guard your effing man." Mm-hmm. He, he was horrible. So I so even whether it's Chris Boyd or Cam Dansler, I don't think you would have noticed the
2: difference. But the regression of Dansler is on him, but not solely. It's on the team too. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that his confidence is so far gone now, and, and that I don't know if the signing of Breland upset him or what but i mean to to have the regression that's been there where now he can't play and he's a third round pick you it's incumbent upon you your coaching staff if your GM's going to take these guys to develop them and my problem with zim is he's like well chris boyd played well enough you know what he's the guy dude first of all regular season play or god forbid playoffs chris boyd is going to be overmatched consistently Dansler needs to be developed, and I feel like the Vikings now throw guys to the wayside and don't develop them. I, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the yeah. overall lack of development. Um, Garrett Bradbury might just be a bust, okay? But my God, as far as pap- pass protection goes, he has never developed at all, and now I think it's probably too late. Like, we could go through a that lot of work. guys of draft picks here who are either absolutely whiffs and terrible picks by Spielman or it's a combination they're not great picks and they get zero help from the coaching staff, which then gets impatient. It's like, well, just screw it. I mean, these guys, Randy, last year, these guys went to and assured us that all those young corners would develop. Well now, because of off the field problems, Gladney's gone. And I get that, but he was a first round pick. That's a big deal. And Dantzler who started 10 of the 11 games in which he played. And to your point at time showed progress is now unplayable. Like, that's a huge problem.
0: What I will say, though, is that, I guess to support your point, going after Bashar Breeland, I think that was the nail in the coffin right there. Because before then, it was Patrick Peterson. And, okay, P2, Cam Dansler, those are your starting outside cornerbacks. And then when they signed Bashar Breeland, I think that was the moment where Zim basically gave up. I will say, though, you need to make the most of your opportunities. The opportunities that Cam Dancer got, he, he didn't show anything. Yeah. But you're right. But going back to the whole cornerback whisperer thing, which is a complete facade, I think what I am noticing now, maybe what we're all noticing, is that Mike Zimmer is successful when he has highly talented players. Well, whoop-dee-doo. Oh, my God. Huh? You need super talented players to be successful. And also to your point, okay, your three cornerbacks, your starting outside and your nickel cornerback are all on one-year deals. Once they're gone, Cam Dancer was supposed to be a part of that few, or who knows, maybe Mike Zimmer was looking to find any way to get another cornerback in free agency, or maybe we're going to have to draft another one, assuming that he's still here, which I'm going to assume that's going to be the case until he's actually gone, because that's what the Wolf Brothers Having still, assuming you can't keep those guys, who do you have? Harrison Hand, Chris Boyd, Cam Who, who knows how he's feeling right now. What do you have? There can be no more excuses. If it were up to me, Mike Zimmer would have been gone after the 2018 season following thirty eight to seven and then week seventeen you lose to the bears with a chance to make it to the playoffs where they played basically half their starters, speaking of big game moments, there can be no more excuses. It's over. put up or shut up. the time is now one hundred percent
2: absolutely head yeah. coach he well but but i I won't say this in defense of Mike, but I will say this as a broader part of the conversation that we are having here is it's the head coach. It's the GM. It's their choice of quarterback. It's a lot of things. I I mean, they're flat out right now is a lack of development. um, When it comes to their young players from the coaching staff as well, that those, that, that guys who, who some teams help this team too much doesn't help. Perfect. Perfect example that I've heard. Okay. I've heard. And some people so far have proven t- to be right. It's one game, so we have no clue. But, you know, Jameis Winston, after a year with the Saints, right, of playing behind Breeze on Sunday, looked good. Looked pretty good. And now we get the old, well, you know what? This is, I mean, if a team like the Vikings had gotten him, and I say, no, no, no. If Jameis Winston is indeed going to be successful or or a quality QB now, it's going to be because he got the right coaching. He got Sean Payton. He got the advantage of a guy who knows what he's doing. And, you know, we always thought originally that Mike knew what he was doing defensively. But as you're dispelling that, and you're right, um, does this team have the infrastructure to develop these players? Does this team have the ability? Because they certainly just seem to have this hubris that what they're uh, what they're going to do is going to work. But more and more, it doesn't. It, it's like this one. Ezra Cleveland. So he's a left tackle. He gets moved to right guard. And you know what? He steps in and we think he played And we think he plays well. Why? Because Drew Samia was a train wreck, an absolute train wreck. So so Cleveland did look okay, yes. but it looked yes. better. And then and then they say, "You know what? He played right guard pretty well. We're going to move him to left guard and it's going to work." And a lot of us sort of just buy into, "Oh, he's going to be the left guard. Now it's going to be great." He wasn't good there, and he might not be good for a few weeks. It might be a month. I don't know, but, but I keep saying this to Dex and Phil, Randy. This team doesn't have time in 2021 for this. They don't have time to say, well, you don't understand, Judd, by November, Ezra Cleveland's going to be a quality National Football League left guard. See, these, these are the type of things that I watch, and common sense-wise, like the Vikings think they're so smart, and at times it's like, why don't you guys use common sense here? And they don't. No, they don't.
0: And that's why they are in the position that they are in. I'm just and this is just from I guess you could say this is the inside looking out. What team in the NFC that we consider legit teams is looking at the Minnesota Vikings and saying, oh, my God, we have to face them over the tenure of Mike Zimmer's career as a head coach? because of the way that they've operated. And I can get with Rick Spielman. He deserves blame, too. And what I will say on Rick Spielman is that, okay, they didn't plan for Rashad Hill to be their starting left tackle. You drafted Christian Derrissaw. Garrett Bradbury, I'm going to chalk that up to, I would say, okay, either that's on the coaching staff or not properly developing him, or he's just not good. I'm not going to necessarily put that on. Rick Spielman at right guard, Oli Udo. I mean, we'll see what he's got. Brian O'Neill is literally the one player that you can sit there and say, okay, okay, this is a good start, but that's been the case for years now, whether we're talking about the offensive line or you need veteran cornerbacks to be successful. Hell, you have a, a veteran defense overall right now because you don't have the patience to develop these guys. And, yeah, you you don't have time. To your point, this is Cincinnati. Are you kidding me? You need time to develop Ezra Cleveland? This is Cincinnati. This is Joe Burrow, who missed however many games last year uh, off a torn ACL. They gave you so many opportunities early on in that game because their offense wasn't giving you crap at all. The defense started off very, very strong. And the offense, I'm just so sick of, of the, It'd be one thing if this formula of we're going to be super conservative on offense and, the, damn it, this is my way or the highway. It'd be one thing if it was producing results, if you were winning, if you were making the playoffs in consecutive years, if you were Bill Belichick and it's like, ah, oh, screw you guys. I, I I do whatever I want. He has proven nothing, regardless of the resources that's been provided to him. I just, there is no time, like you said, this offensive line. Surprisingly, I said last week, this was a six on a scale of one to 10. I said, oh, I feel better about the offensive line last year. I look stupid as hell. The offensive line, as of one week, looks worse than last year. How is that even possible? How is that possible?
2: I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Riley Reef didn't have a good 2019, but Randy, he had a very productive and solid 2020, and they cast him aside in large part, I think, to sign Dalvin Tomlinson, who I, I know it's one game, but I didn't hear his name. I don't no. think called once on Sunday, okay? No. So now he, he's gone. And let me – because Phil has, has also said the same thing about the fact that uh, that Derisaw is hurt and can't play. Uh, and, you know, they didn't see that. But keep in mind here. Christian Derrissaw had groin surgery in January, okay? And the Vikings drafted him, and they're like, he'll be fine. It's going to be fine. And at some point in June, they realized it's not necessarily fine. Something's wrong here. And they just said, well, Rashad Hill has been here for a long time. He's a good backup. Uh, I think he's a great guy, and I do. But, you know, he'll just play left tackle. This is one of the most, what, three most important positions in football it's quarterback one all over again. quarterback but that's the point yeah. and and I'll give you another one that's the height of vikings hubris and this is what drives me crazy and I think this is as much on Rick as Mike or more so the height of vikings hubris is oli udo god bless him is a tackle by trade i don't think he has played guard and they basically started training camp by telling him we're moving you to guard okay Number one, and I don't know if it's because Cleveland m- made a decent transition, but for whatever reason, they took this kid who is still, you know, an unknown for sure. It's not like he's a first round pick. Sure. And they just said, We're going to move you as training camp opens to right guard and hope you win the job because Dakota Dozier's so bad. But think about that for a second. In a win now window, like you need to win now, people will lose their jobs if you don't. An offensive line, that has to protect Kirk Cousins. We know he needs a pocket. We know he needs conditions to be as perfect as they possibly can be. None of this is a surprise to Declan, Randy, Judd, Phil Mackey, or my dog Stella, okay? We all know what Kirk needs. And they still said, to your point, we'll piecemeal it together and I think it'll work. Just think about that for a second. Drives me crazy.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating, especially because look, we all made assumptions that Christian Daris and Wyatt Davis were going to step in and be day one starters. I get that um, injuries, yes, assumptions yes. obviously but, derailed but, that. But but they did. And but to judge's point, they did also nothing else to try to fix it and and to get some type of free agent to 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 do something about it. Wyatt
2: Davis, though, to be clear, never took a first team snap starting in minicamp. So what we thought is not true. Christian Darisaw was going to start. Was supposed to start. But Wyatt Davis, they never gave him a chance. They didn't like that I think he he came into camp um, bigger than they wanted, but he's an NFL guard, so you might want to be like, okay, lose a few pounds, but being fat's not a bad thing. So I I will disagree. I think the Wyatt Davis thing is self-inflicted. I don't think they ever plan on giving him a realistic chance to win that job. That's what we all thought, and I think we were probably right. But, I mean, these are, again, these are the machinations of the Vikings that, you know, they lose that first game, and you're like, yeah, it's not shocking as as surprised as I was. You did a lot of things to self-sabotage.
0: Then that's infuriating if Mm -hmm. what you're saying is accurate as far as they brought – because I sat here and said, oh, my God, Rick Spielman, this is one of the greatest off-seasons for the Vikings that I've ever seen. Part of it was because of Wyatt Davis. I expected him – to just step in because, I mean, we've gone down this road of free agent signings, Dakota Dozier, all this other stuff, to where Wyatt Davis, this is the guy that you're going to plug in, great. But if they really drafted him and brought him in to not really give him a shot, then that that's that's on the Vikings. Anything that happens from this point for the rest of this season, that if if it's not a success, the Vikings organization from the ownership on down have no one to blame but themselves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But you know what, too? I mean, and and you said this, Randy, and you're a thousand percent right. I think the Wilfs are willing to spend. I think they care. I think they want to win. But their inability to to pull the trigger on substantial moves um, can be maddening. And Brad Childress, to be clear, was fired because he was insubordinate, okay? Like, if Zimmer was insubordinate, he'd get fired. But he's not. He's cantankerous. He's often in a bad mood. But, I mean, Brad Childress cut Randy Moss without telling ownership. And they're like, okay, that's gone too far. But, I mean, Rick Spielman has been here since 2006 now. 2006, Randy. Um, Mike is going to... Mike easily could have been uh, dismissed, you're right, after 18. 18 was a that huge... That was the time to do it. And it's such a red flag when you go out and you sign Kirk Cousins and essentially say, okay, this is the piece. That was the final piece of the puzzle. Like, keep in mind, that that wasn't like, uh, well, we got a quarterback and in three years we're going to try to win a Super Bowl. That was Case Keenum's gone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kirk is in, and Kirk is the final piece because our defense is so good. So... Yeah, you are right about the fact. And and I think that this is a win or else year. But I am curious because the Wills, when it comes to this current administration, have been so slow to make moves. And they know they don't know football great. And in some ways, I think Rick's got them bamboozled, if that makes sense, too.
0: But they're Giants fans. They grew up Giants fans, the Wolf brothers there. They know what tough football looks like what championship football looks like how can you sit here and just say yeah that this is okay and what really infuriates me Mm -hmm. the most and I hate to circle back to this but the amount of passes that this head coach gets okay we go to 2016 you started 5-0 oh I was at the Giants game during that season at U.S. Bank Stadium I was screaming, Odell, when Xavier Rose was locking him up. <laughs> 2016, you started 5-0. You finished, what, 8-8. Yep. And the excuse, well, the offensive line fell apart. And, uh, you know, it just didn't work, even though your team quit against Indianapolis. 2017, 38-7. to Well, at least they made the NFC Championship game. 2018, Week 17. I, yeah, well, okay, f- actually, 2018 specifically. John DeFilippo. All right, we're going to blame him. And from mm-hmm. 2019 onward it's Kirk Cousins. It's literally never this man's fault. And for an ownership group that has seen, grew up rooting for a team that knows what real football looks like and to still sit here and so we believe in this guy and all this other stuff, I've never seen a head coach in my life outside of Marvin Lewis get a longer leash we're doing a whole bunch of nothing, nothing. It doesn't, and here's the, th- here's the kicker right now. We have shown, or we have shown, the Vikings have shown, when it comes to the offensive line, they're going to just screw up every single time. We have to accept that. So as long as we keep this GM in charge, that's what's going to happen. At the same time, the players that we do get, on offense anyway, that's really good, If they don't fit into the mold of this head coach and what he wants to do, then it doesn't matter. They're going to tick him off. What was that 2019 after the Bears game at Soldier Field? Stephon Diggs was pissed off, rightfully so, and he skipped practice. And, all right, Judd, correct me if I'm wrong here. I remember this. This was a rumor. I don't know if it's true. Mike Zimmer said, we don't need that mf -er, blah, 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 blah. But yet, your first-round draft pick, who we pretend – can we – okay. I'm not going to go on this rant too much longer. We pretend –
2: Oh, we got time. Don't worry about it. We
0: pretend that this dude, Anthony Mm -hmm. Barr, who – you remember when the trade rumors, the the phantom trade rumors came out? Oh, Anthony Barr, he may get traded. And Mike Zimmer – wasted no time getting up we are not treating Anthony Barr and I know laymen don't understand Anthony Barr Anthony Barr has done nothing Anthony Barr has been a guy that's just been on the field that doesn't give a damn about football Nick Vigil on Sunday one of the few bright spots that if we want to talk about it Nick Vigil made plays Eric Hendricks deserves a linebacker next to him in nickel formations, a linebacker that's going to go out there and give it his all. I get that they're UCLA brothers and all that fun stuff, but Nick Vigil, what we saw, he made plays. But Mike Zimmer, because that's his guy, I'm going to go out and defend this guy and come up with all sorts of BS reasons of why he's so great. He's done nothing. As long as this regime is here, we are going to keep seeing the same stuff, and we're going to keep coming up with reasons every offseason of why this is the year. Everything's going to turn around, and everything's going to be so great, and it always turns out being the same thing. It's time to right the ship. I don't know what else there is to see. We're in year eight now.
2: When do you make changes?
0: This stretch right now, this three-game stretch, I would say Actually, let me bring up the schedule real quick. You have Arizona, you have Seattle, Cleveland. you have Cleveland. Yep. Okay. Speaking of which, I also say Kevin Stefanski, I would keep him as the head coach. Oh, Randy, you're an idiot. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And he looks way better with Cleveland. He, he took them to the playoffs last year. Are you kidding me?
2: A lot of people, a he lot of dead. people with that team advocated for after the loss uh, in the playoffs to San Francisco for Stefanski to get the job. Yeah. A lot of people Look. within that franchise love this guy
0: i would say
2: by the bye week
0: if you're below 500 it needs to be done because right you're zero and one if you can magically get a win out of these next three games yep okay that'd be good that puts you at two and two you have a chance against detroit man campbell We'll see early in the season, maybe well, you, this is the time that he if you shun. can't
2: beat Man Campbell, you are in big trouble.
0: You got Carolina, Sam, or Sam Darnold. I was about to say Sam Bradford for some reason. Sam Darnold. So, if if the bye week comes and you are under five hundred, you should be fired. But you know what? That's what I would do, Judd. The way this ownership group is going to work, if they do even fire him, is after the season is over. Mm-hmm. Which I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised because the Vikings are in first place right now after the loss on Sunday. I'm actually surprised he doesn't have a new contract extension <laughs> as of yesterday. Get it together. You're Giants fans.
1: You know what real football is. I see the only re- real way if, if they make an in season firing is if they're 0 6 of the bye. If they're 0 6 of the bye, I can see heads rolling. I mean, you, you have Lions and Panthers to close that bye week. If you can't if you can't muster a win against one of those two teams, and I know the Lions made a nice little comeback and whatever, but in general the Lions aren't supposed to be very good. Same thing with the Jet uh, the Panthers, who are Jets 2.0, I should say, and Sam Darnold being there, and I know he got a big win in a week one. Those two rosters aren't good. If you're 0-6 to the bye, I think that's kind of the only way heads roll midseason, to Randy's point. The the this ownership is is likes to give a long leash. So it's most likely that it's gonna be in the offseason. But if you're owing six of the buy, someone's rolling, someone's getting. If someone's you're getting own, chopped.
2: if you're owing six of the buy, I'm tempted to not do a thing and let nature Better take ride. its course. the so um, Number one pick last last year still bugs me. I hate this. You're one and five. Okay, <laughs> you're one and five, and then you got your bye week, and then you come back all jazzed up. This is uh, we're going to change things, and Zimmer's like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go on a roll here. You know how much more productive it would have been. To to have the record that you should have had, and then you would have had the opportunity right in front of you to draft Justin Fields, who they wanted anyway, and were and tried to trade up for, but they insulted teams. I I'm told with what they offered. Um, but Randy, think about this: if you had just said, you know what, we're not that good. We really don't. We're not. You know. But it was typical. It was typical. Uh, Mike. It was typical. Kirk. They get. They become as much as they can't stand each other. They they share similarities, and one of them is a defiance of "We'll show you now." You know, you like that drives me crazy because that is that is a, I was failing and now I'm not. Take that, okay? You think you, do you think Tom Brady lives by that credo? His credo in life is "I want to win all the time, and I'm going to." So last year drives me nuts because what did it mean? What did it mean? You didn't make the playoffs. It was an unsuccessful year. And by being belligerent and winning games that you really probably shouldn't have won, you cost yourself a draft pick, which is probably Justin Fields. So this is the type of thing that has always about any team drives me up the wall. This, we're going to come back now and show you. You showed me nothing last year, and what you showed me on Sunday, you know, the the first win they get, we're going to hear about it, right? All you people oh wrote us God. off after oh, Cincinnati. Yeah. All you know oh. why we wrote you off? Because what you did was despicable, embarrassing, and, and a complete joke of what you're supposed to be. But we're gonna get that. We're gonna get that from Kirk and everybody else. You guys, uh you guys didn't think we could do this. No. Here's a problem. We don't right now.
0: This is another thing that I hate. I mean, among the long list of things that really just drive me nuts about this team is that they need bulletin board material to get pissed off and finally decide to say, we're going to play some football here. Why can't you just maximize your team? Because it's your job. Why can't you just do it? Because this is what we've been brought here to do. And, but here's the thing. And I almost hate, that we are doing this right now because we're speaking facts, but I almost hate it because this is easy. Just, Oh, look at, they don't believe in us. They 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 don't believe in us. Hey, we, now we're going to be motivated. Are you kidding me? But if we were all just yeah, la di da rose tenant glasses and all that other stuff, then what do you have? What? You know what? <laughs> this is kind of going off topic a little bit this kind of reminds me of 2019 when you beat the saints at the superdome and it was great and i gave mike zimmer a ton of credit the Mm -hmm. defensive tackle spots that you had with griffin and hunter that was just genius that was i was i said wow great coaching i've talked a lot of stuff about zim that's where it's at right there great job the way this team Handle that win. It was they won the Super Bowl. We, we, we have nothing else. We proved all the haters wrong. And they showed up at Santa Clara against the Niners. And were they really in that game, Judd? Were they really in that game? After the Stephon Diggs touchdown, were they really in that game? No, they weren't. You know why? Because they didn't have the motivation that this coach needs. Any other coach, hey, let's let's do a weekend to win games. But – no, we're going to do what we do, but, oh, well, if, if if the media and and all these other people are saying all this stuff, now I'm extra motivated. You didn't have that going up against San Francisco. But what did he did have against the New Orleans Saints leading up to that game was, oh, his job security. Oh, wow, they, they might yeah. be looking to, oh, maybe they'll trade him to the Dallas Cowboys and all that other stuff. Well, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm motivated now. Now we're going to go out there and show
2: them what we have.
0: Why can't you do it? Because it's your job.
2: Do you remember off that point? The same exact thing that you just talked about, which is accurate, transpired in the 2017 playoffs, the Minneapolis miracle. One of the excuses we got after the fact was they were so jazzed up by that win that they had a flat week of practice. I'll say this slowly. For the NFC Championship game. Think about that. They literally said behind the scenes that they didn't have a good week of preparation for the Philadelphia game, which is one step from a home Super Bowl, which I believe at the time had never happened because they had been so jazzed up by that win. That is the most ridiculous thing. And and you know what this comes back to, too? The defiance, the defiance of certain people. Zimmer told the Star Tribune in a big piece that ran on Sunday that he fully plans on continuing to coach through his contract in 2023. Never really addressed that he could just flat out be fired, right? He was defiant in saying, I plan on coaching. I'm not done coaching. I'll be coaching this team. Um, it's, it's the same thing. It's exactly what you're saying, Randy. He's, a def- he's completely defiant about things until he's not. And this is where I will tie him and Kirk together. Kirk has some of the same things. They have some of the same mental makeup of you like that. You see, I showed you. And now that I showed you it, it's all cool. I'm going to just take a powder. Now, this is the type of thing that drives you crazy because this is what separates. This is what separates the great coaches and the great quarterbacks and great players from guys who are super talented at what they might do in life, but they don't get the results. I mean, think about how ridiculous it is to say we had a bad week of practice leading up to the NFC championship game. A bad week of practice going into Detroit still should win that game. But a ba- OK, sort of get that one. But you're telling me you just won this game, which, by the way, you were lucky to win. That was one of the all time choke jobs. And you and, and, you know, through the grace of God, the Saint safety goes flying past Diggs, who has the presence of mind to not go out of bounds and score the touchdown. And and you've been given this gift. I mean, it's a gift. It was the greatest motivational tool of all time, which is you guys blew that game and you're still alive. And they said, oh, we were so jazzed up. It was hard to get back up for it.
0: They were up 17 nothing at the half, right, if I'm yeah, not the mistaken? First, yes, yep. the first
2: half, Drew Brees was terrible, and yep. they were great.
0: Yeah. And, okay, here's what I will say as far as – When you say, okay, they didn't have a good practice leading up to the NFC Championship game. I remember a feed that I was watching. I don't know. I've tried looking for this since then. I can't find it. But I remember a feed that I saw where the Vikings team bus, they rolled up to Philadelphia. The door opened. Players were getting off that bus. Kyle Rudolph got off that bus and he had this uh, deer in the headlights look like, oh, boy, where are we at right now? And that was the moment that I said, "Okay, what is happening right now? And I remember watching that game. NFC Championship game 2017. I sat there. My in-laws are all Eagles fans. I sat there on that couch. I sat there on that couch, all hyped up. I called it to your show. (laughs) <laughs> I called it to your show. This this never happens for us. The Minneapolis miracle. This is great. This is amazing. This never happens for us. And Like an idiot, I sat there and said, this is our time now. Of course, we're going to win the championship at our house. Or we're at least going to make it to the Super Bowl. The Eagles, who are they? I sat there on that couch and watched that game. And from opening tap, was that Kyle Rudolph with the opening touchdown yeah. on that first drive? Okay. Yeah. And then when the pick six happened and everything else after that, it was just nonstop seething. It was just, (laughs) wow. I've been a fan of this team for almost 20 years, and the same thing is happening again. And to one of your other points that you made, okay. After the Minneapolis miracle, this is your time to say we belong here. This is our time to shine. I remember, I don't, well, I remember vaguely. So the Buccaneers, they won the championship last year. Mm-hmm. This was—I don't remember after which playoff game that they won, but I remember a quote-ish, paraphrasing here. One of the players on the Buccaneers, oh, they're crying. And, oh
1: my god, this is, oh, this is so awesome! This is the greatest moment of my life.
0: And Tom Brady yes. walked up to that player and said, "What are you doing? We still have another game to go. This isn't over. Buck up." Get it together. We don't have that on that team. We we don't. We didn't then. We don't now.
2: 2009, simply put, and I know, I know it did not end well, but 2009 got as far as 2009 did because Farr brought a, a mentality that I wouldn't say is Brady's, but it was far superior to anything this franchise ordinarily has, right? It, it was, was the thing we've
0: ever had. Yeah. It was a mentality. I actually,
2: like, well, and yeah, and go back that year to week three. Because the first two games, they, they won at Cleveland and Detroit. And Favre managed those games. And I remember we all wrote, Brett Favre is managing the game. This is how, this is how the 39, I, I think that was his age at the time. This is how the 39-year-old Brett Favre is going to do it. And he took one look at those stories because he read everything and thought, okay, I'll manage this game, San Francisco. And San Francisco, that week three game, changed the mentality of that franchise for one year completely. Greg Lewis, Greg Lewis, who now is getting in scuffles on the (sighs) sidelines for the Chiefs as a coach, um, caught one of, what, 10, 15 passes? I mean, he didn't catch lots of passes. But that established a, a theme that this franchise has lacked since and really lacked before that, too. And that's the difference. And, and I'm not trying to say, I mean, Kirk is never going to be that guy, so don't get me no. wrong. But but what I'm saying is this franchise, to what your point, completely lacks that instinct of here's what we're going to do to win a championship. Not here's what we're going to try to do to sneak into the playoffs, which is what I feel like the mentality is here far too often. I mean, mm-hmm. Case Keenum Case Keenum had to sort of give, he had give you a uh, personality. That's he not exactly exactly so but
0: who is what leader do we have on this team what leader whether it's coach or player is is on this team Dalvin Cook Harrison Smith I mean those are guys even Adam Thielen those are guys Daniil Hunter I mean you can name a ton of players they're super talented but they're more just, hey, we show up, we play, we ball out. That's what it is. Honestly, the only guy that I can remember as of lately that's been a true vocal leader on this team was Everson Griffin before he departed. Now he's in
2: a reserve role. Right. So who do we have now? The the only guy that comes close that I've seen, and he doesn't play the right position to actually do it, Justin Jefferson, he carries yeah. him okay. he carries himself yeah. he carries yeah. himself with that I am an SEC star and now I'm a National Football League star swagger You're right. and and he you can tell when people respond to that type of guy, right? Like nobody responds to Kirk like that. Justin Jefferson carries himself in a way that I feel like he he earns respect just from his swagger, which in football and in sports is important. But beyond but I mean he plays a position at which that's really tough to be like I'm the man, I'm the guy. I mean, Stefan Diggs had some of that as well, and then said, screw it. And and we could talk about that next week, because I'm telling you, that's the next thing to come down the pike is if Justin Jefferson You better not, not piss him off. You're but but you're you came I'm gonna tell you right now, the body language on Sunday, and I'm not saying that it was a loser's lament, but I am saying there was a frustration to his gait to his walk that I've seen before, and the last time I saw it, the guy wore 14.
0: And he should have had a touchdown. I don't understand how the referees review no. that play and sit there and say we were right the first time. That, that's not a touchdown Well, it's at the all.
2: replay officials in New York who said we can't confirm it. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, he also had, I believe he had five catches. With That's fine. For 71 yards.
0: 71 yards. That's not and enough. if Kirk Cousins was more on target, he should have had over 100 yards. But yes. you're right. Agreed. That's the one guy you would imagine after the whole Stefan Diggs fiasco that with Justin Jefferson, we are so blessed to have we lost a top 10 receiver and what are we going to do? And I sit sat here and said, this is one of the worst takes I've ever had in my life. Uh-huh. I sat there and said, when we, just, when we drafted Justin Jefferson, I said, okay, uh, he's going to be all right. He's going to be a Muhammad Sanu type. I said that. I, I went out there and said that. He's going to be a wide receiver. too. He's going to be solid, whatever. But we lost Stephon Diggs. One of the worst takes I've ever had in my life.
2: <laughs> well, I've had so I was wrong about still. that.
0: But, yeah. but okay. But I would hope that you have learned your lesson that, what happened with Stephon Diggs, and the way that Stephon Diggs went about it, I'm not going to go on this tangent because I defended him so much, but the way he went about it, at least Percy Harvin requested a trade with the team. Stefan Diggs basically bitched and moaned on Twitter, and that's how he got traded. Mm-hmm. But you would think, okay, the base of that is we have a star receiver here. Let's yes. make sure that we don't annoy him because yes. – the opportunity that he gets, he's going to sit here and request a trade or whatever. And how many times? We saw the Bengals, their final possession of the first half. Wasn't that the score to Jamar Chase, the yes. 50-yard touchdown? Okay. Yep. I am so sick and tired of seeing these teams across the league operate in shotgun, be aggressive before the end of the first half. And we have this team that's just I, – I just – this team reminds me of I'm from Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. This team reminds me of Dallas versus Washington. Just old school Emmett Smith and Art Monk and I, I just, I don't give a damn. We're just going to do what we do. This is old school football which is more infuriating. The players that you have The players that you have, I just hate how we just, the offense, whatever, outside of Dalvin Cook, I don't care who's on offense. The defense, Anthony Barr, he hasn't done anything, but I'm going to sit here and pretend like he's the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. It's week one. There's 16 games left to go. I get it. But this has been same old, same old that I've been seeing for seven years. Something has got to give. And it's got to give sooner rather than later. These next three games don't get any easier. And that was a game where, my God, Cincinnati is Cincinnati. Are we serious right now? That's what Declan, what's, Declan said. What's yeah. going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah. Arizona.
2: Chandler Jones. Oh, yeah, I know. I know.
1: Lunch. What's Rashad happening right against now? Against
2: Rashad Hill. Exactly right. What's happening? Great stuff, sir. Uh, before we go, uh, plug your stuff because people obviously can find you here on Tuesday nights, but you also have your own podcast.
0: Yes, yes. I'm Go on ahead. Twitter at realistic underscore randy. YouTube, you can just search realistic randy. You'll find me there, and then I'm here Tuesday nights with Judd and Declan Goff, and sometimes Phil and Mackey. Sometimes
2: Phil when Phil's sometimes here. Sometimes
0: Phil, and we'll make it happen. But yeah, that's where awesome I'm at.
2: stuff, man. And ju- Don't forget, too, you can always uh, drown your sorrows or celebrate Mm -hmm. with our favorite beer here, Surly Brewing. And in my case, it's Surly Furious. You do enough settling in life. Crack open a furious. Enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. Get Surly like we just did. We will talk to you soon.